It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. It is uh, game day once again. I am excited. The whole crew is back one more time for episode number 41. Eagles will be facing the Steelers finally at home. We get a little home cooking, and we have got a hell of a show for you. We'll have uh, Mr. Ed Bouchette from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette going to be checking us, checking in uh, some great insight on what's happening on the Steelers' side of the ball, uh, along with uh, our good friend over at Cat Scratch Reader, Mr. Jack Finney, also going to be checking us in uh, on a couple of uh, news and notes because you might have heard the Eagles have been quite active, and we'll get into that in just a second, but let's introduce everybody around the horn as I see my man, Editor-in-Chief of BleedingGreenNation.com, Mr. Brandon Lee Gowden. What's happening, pal? Hey, I'm always glad to be here. And Mr. Uh, James Eltzer from 97.5 The Fanatic. How are you, sir? I'm good, John. I, too, am glad to be here. Mr. Patrick Wall, Patty Ice, the professor on uh, to my right here. How's it going, bud? I am more excited to be here than James, but less excited than Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to find the metric scale on that and send it out to everybody. But, uh, yeah, uh, BLG, I mean, in the midst of... Uh, the whole kicking situation and the, the big offseason topics and the millions of times that we have said Rob Ronis, the media, decided to kind of have their own little competition uh, a couple of days ago. There was a media competition for charity to see who could kind of kick the longest field goal. How did you do? Well, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> uh, I, I made the first kick, which was an accomplishment for me because I've never really kicked a football before. You know, I've punted a football, but I've never actually tried to you know, do a, a field goal attempt of any kind. So I made the first one, uh, you know, then we, that was from about 15. The next one was from 25. And I, I think I had the distance, but it, it just went wide left. So what can you do? You know, it was for a good cause. You know, I'm glad we're able to do that. And uh, credit to Elliot Shore Parks, NJ.com and former BGN writer, hey now. I should add, uh, who won, you know, he did a great job. So hats off to Elliot. What was it, 35 yards? Is that what I read? Yes, thirty-five yards. That's a yeah. hell of a leg. It's a hell of a leg for an amateur media guy. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> uh, but uh, the kind of exciting news. Well, I don't know how to feel about it yet, uh, Mr. James Elter. Dave Fulin out. Cody Parkey in from the Indianapolis Colts and uh, also kicked his uh, way in uh, college at Auburn. 
I mean, for me, it's about damn time, and I, I don't really understand why Myrtle Lake is still an active roster spot here. James, what do you make of the move? Well, you know how I feel about Henry. I think we've had this discussion before. I'm the one who uh, got slammed online for saying I would bring Rob Baronis in or someone of the like. Uh, but I- I'm fine with it. Look, bring in anyone who's going to compete. Clearly, Spear isn't real competition. He's... Uh, you know, been beaten from Jump Street by Henry, never really had a chance to win the competition because he simply couldn't, just not good enough. Uh, So I'm down to bring this kid in. This kid seems like he's got a a booming leg. He can kick the ball out of the end zone. Uh, It doesn't seem like he is the most accurate kicker on the planet, but at least he's got a strong leg. Uh, What I'm really wondering is, is after he kicks a field goal, does he rip his shirt off to reveal the Superman shirt like Brandon Lee Gowden did? (laughs) That's That's what I really am wondering. Oh, man, that's right. The BLG with the awesome move during that, forgot to mention fantastic uh patrick i was kind of just tuning this up in my head i doubt very much chip kelly would hold a spot for a kickoff specialist do you think cody could be a kickoff specialist or is this uh, one way or the other here between the kickers yeah i think it's probably one way the only thing that gives me pause is just because of how much chip likes teams um you think that he might keep that spot open but I don't know. There's, there's gotta be some Oregon duck on the street somewhere needing a job. <laughs> no, but, uh, it's my troll face. Not JPEG. If you can't tell. Nice. nice um, no, but, um, yeah, I, Henry is not so good a kicker that it's worth keeping him and another kicker. So, I uh, yeah, I don't see it. I just, you know, I, I just can't see the kickoff specialist thing from the fact that, Chip Kelly's this guy who preaches efficiency and versatility and he, you know, and then he's going to go out and spend two roster spots on, you know, not only uh, one kicker who can do both, but a kicker for each field goals and kickoffs. You know, I just don't see it. That being said, maybe, you know, it does happen because as Patrick said, Chip Kelly really does like special teams. Maybe the right guy is out there. You know, I'm beginning to wonder if, you know, maybe the Eagles kicker isn't on the roster yet. You know, there's still a plenty of, uh, I think there's 14 or so teams out there with two kickers in training camp. Maybe, you know, like one of the guys from the Giants gets cut loose or a guy that Jimmy Kemsky mentioned this week on, on his uh, Red Zone blog, Dust, Dustin Hopkins from the Bills. You know, maybe maybe one of those guys gets cut and maybe they bring that guy in. So we'll see. Or uh, local boy John Stryevsky, for good Christ's sake, give him a job. Uh, or or Temple's ma- Temple made Brandon McManus as yeah, well. Yeah, he might not go. get the Giants job. There you go. Yeah, it, I'm not. I'm not sure how this is going to work out, but I know B Doc Forever is going to need several several cups of bourbon and maybe a warm blanket to keep him nice and warm if Alex Henry is no more here. Also, we wave goodbye to Jason Phillips, which is. To me, is slightly disappointing. The injury bug, he didn't really come back from it, but I thought he, you know, showed some form of progression last year. Uh, and Kenyon Barner, uh, the Oregon bias is still here, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, BLG, I kind of wonder, is this, you know, the conditions on which the trade happened, it's a conditional seventh-round pick. It's basically if he plays four games this year, then they get a seventh-round pick. To me, that says... You know, this guy might compete for a return job. He might be in there for two games, and he's still practice squad eligible. Do you think he becomes a great fit for the kicking game, or are you seeing directly to the practice squad for him? Uh, Yeah, my expectations are really low at this point. Obviously, he hasn't done anything in the NFL. I mean, he's only had a handful, not even a handful, just like a couple, two or three or whatever carries, and then so many catches and 
You know, he just really hasn't done anything to stand out. So, you know, I, I can't really expect much. There's no guarantee he really even makes the team. Then again, that's what I thought about Jeff Mail last year. And, you know, here we are. He's still on the team. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, I think the Eagles keep four running backs because, you know, they have Shady and Sproles, obviously, who are locks to the top. Chris Polk has missed time, and everyone seems to be saying that, you know, because they traded for Barner, and because Polk has missed a lot of time now, he's been out since around July 28th or so, that, you know, he's not going to make the team because he can't make the club in the tub. He's been dealing with a hamstring issue. I don't know, though. You know, I feel like Polk, maybe he would be pushing harder to play and to practice if he really felt like he was in danger. But we'll see because he said he is going to push this week, not for tomorrow or tonight, game night, but for Saturday he's going to try to – or Sunday he's going to try to return to practice so we'll see how it goes. I, I don't think Barner, that pick ends up getting conveyed because, as you said, you know, you could just play him for like two or three games. And if, you know, he's not contributing or he's not worth it, if even if he does make the roster, you just shut him down and then you don't have to convey the pick. Yeah, I'm kind of where Brandon's at. Uh, you know, anyone you get, get for a, a conditional seventh round pick is not someone who you're going to be jumping up and screaming out of excitement for. I love the fact, obviously, Kelly knows him, so you got to trust him in that angle. And I loved Barner at Oregon. But, you know, he had a year in the league last year, did absolutely nothing with it. I'm not crazy excited about it. I think, if anything, maybe he can help in the return game. I think, personally, the move was facilitated by the Huff injury. They wanted to bring another guy in who has a chance to kind of return yeah. kicks, especially with Nolan Carroll being one of the other guys they have there in that kick return spot and him dealing with injuries to Maris Johnson, former, you know, most likely not going to make the team. Do you keep him just to be a kick returner, especially when he's not that great a one? I just think there are a lot of moving pieces here, so I'm not super excited about it. I don't hate it. I'm kind of indifferent towards it. But, uh, you know, if he can come in and return kicks, you know, sure, why not? Yeah, I mean, Kenyon Barner was a six-round pick. I think he had, like, seven carries for six yards or something like that. Now, granted, uh, granted, uh, Carolina has a lot of running backs for some reason. Uh, so maybe that was part of the reason he didn't play. Um, even if he does make this team, he's not going to really do much outside of maybe returning kicks if somebody's hurt. But, you know, one, one thing I actually was wondering, BLG, what do you think about this? Do you, do you see, uh, Chris Polk maybe being the, uh, Joe Kruger of this year where maybe his injury just never gets better and he just gets stashed on IR or something? See, I can't see that because I, I just think the hamstring isn't. I don't know. I just I think they like him a lot still, and I think I think he's going to be okay soon enough. You know, because he's only dealing with the hamstring. It's not. I don't even remember what they put Kruger on IR for. But, you know, at the same time, you know, Polk's like not kind of not that developmental player. Uh, you know, he's he probably is what he is more so now. I mean, he still has some potential maybe because he hasn't played a lot. But uh, no, I think it's kind of almost do or die for Polk. You know, I think they either keep him or he's gone. Yeah, I, to jump in there at the end there, I kind of agree. I, I think if you listen to Chip Kelly's most recent press conference, it was kind of the first time you heard him allude to the fact that Polk didn't, you know, wasn't. He never said Polk's definitely making the roster, but in the last press conference, he was like, kind of like, you know, we, we haven't seen him. We need to see him out here. Kind of a little bit more forceful, it felt to me towards Polk saying, listen, bud, we need to see you out here. We need to say, see you play in a game. Obviously, you're the front runner for one of these spots. But if you don't play in these games, we may not keep you. Well, let's uh, check in with another guy that knows a thing or two uh, over in Carolina. It's our good friend, Mr. Jack Finney over at Cat Scratch Reader. He joins us on the phone right now. 
uh, to talk a little barter. Jack, how are you, bud? I'm doing good. Doing good. You know, it's in typical almost fan fashion. Eagles fans get excited. Uh, it looks like Panthers fans are, oh, thank God we got rid of that garbage. Uh, for you know, for hopefully, basically next to nothing. But I mean, what is it about uh, Kenyon Barnard that that just didn't fit in Carolina? Well, he kind of got off to a rough start. Um, well, it just first off, you know, the Panthers have been kind of stacked at running back. So when he was drafted, we we're like, uh, running back? What? You know? And uh, but he was a little different than what we had. Uh, a little faster, whatnot. You know, he's got some really nice college film. But then in training camp last year, he had some drops. He had a couple drops, I think, to start the first preseason game or whatnot. And so we kind of lost confidence in his ability to, to catch kick kickoffs and whatnot. Um, so that set him back. This year, he's come back a little bigger. Um, you know, doesn't look quite as small. Um, he's still fast, but he just just really wasn't showing uh, a lot of vision and I guess you could say a lot of wiggle in, in his hips and whatnot, even though I think he has those abilities. Um, he just, he just really didn't show us you know, that much here, both in camp and now these first two games. And is it, does it worry the kind of the Panthers fan base at all that, okay, you know, the Eagles come out here and make this trade and let's say he doesn't suit up for those, you know, four games or whatever then he's still uh, practice squad eligible. And then maybe the next year he turns out, you know, the Panthers don't get anything. And then he ends up being, who, who knows, a decent special teams player or whatever. Does that worry the fan base given the, given the, you know, the GM problems that you guys have gone through? I, I mean, it's, it, it's always a concern. Um, you know, like I said, we're, we're pretty set at running back anyway. Um, if, you know, if he wasn't going to be a competent kick returner, or even punt returner, he probably wasn't going to get a wasn't going to get on the field much for us anyway. And I, I guess you guys are kind of the same way, but I, we kind of viewed it as well. That's that's Chip Kelly getting a kitty nose and thinks that he can fit a certain role that he may have in Philadelphia for him. Yeah, absolutely, and that's I, I think that's how we're kind of viewing everything here now too. That now that the dust has finally settled, it it's a, it, you're taking a flyer on a guy that. You know, Chip Kelly knows really well, just as you said, and see how it pans out. He's not he's not coming over here to be the third running back or anything like that. He's definitely on the outside looking in, and I would be surprised if he makes the roster. So, unfortunately for Panthers fans, doesn't look like you're going to get anything. But again, you're not really losing anything either. So and I will say this year he did show better hands on catching the ball and whatnot, but just straight up running as a as a feature back. Um, he just he had a couple decent runs, but he just really hasn't shown that ability to to break away or or make the proper cut. Um, not to say that he couldn't work that out, you know, in in, in due time. He's only a second year player, but we just uh, you know apparently we just realized he wasn't going to make the team. So right, yeah. I mean, tr- trouble finding the whole the the north and south game kind of always been his his problem, and you know maybe he's a, was a great college player and just. One of those guys that just doesn't work out in the pros. But uh, Jack Finney uh, from CatScratchReader.com, thanks you, uh, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. We'll catch up with you again soon. All right. Jack Finney from uh, Cat Scratch Reader. They do uh, awesome work over there. Um, interesting. I mean, there's, you know, again, we discussed all the issues that he had. Not not a big north and south runner uh, has his issues there. I, I personally believe that there could be a small diamond in the rough here 
Um, only because I, I, I don't know, Carolina, Carolina's general manager management hasn't been great. If you look at, you know, the picks from 2009 to 2011, uh, their first three picks, I think Cam Newton is the only one that's remaining, uh, left on the team. Not to say that the Eagles didn't have their woes as well, but you know, it, we'll see. I, I would, I would immediately stash them and just, and just, you know, see where it goes out and uh, see how things go. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you guys is, do you think that there's another move yet to be made for the Eagles? I know there's been a lot of a lot of activity thus far. Uh, Patrick, do you think that there's anything else that could happen before the season starts? Absolutely. I mean, you're talking about the uh, roster cutdowns coming after tonight's game. I think the first step in, in all of the, the Chris McCoys of the world changing teams. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that. Maybe one of these kickers the Eagles like uh, shakes loose from another team or you know they find some depth at O-line or, or something like that absolutely I mean this is this is a time of year where you get your David Simses and your uh, and your Emmanuel Achos yeah I don't know I, I'm kind of with Patrick I, I think you know we've got cut downs what the 24th and the 30th to get down to that 53 I think we're getting a little close I'm, I'm even surprised they made both of these deals today uh, I, I think, look, if you don't get someone in here kind of before that last preseason game, you're not going to get a chance to see them on the field and the scheme. I, for me, I don't see another move coming unless there's another injury that precipitates another move. I think what you see is what you're going to get. Uh, just kind of like I alluded to earlier with the kicker thing, you know, I, I think it's possible they don't have the kicker on the roster right now. You know, maybe there's a guy who gets cut. So maybe you see something like that happen. Uh, the Eagles weren't big on waivers last year. I think the only player they really acquired was Najee Good, who was still on the team. But uh, you know, he I don't, be I don't, with us on uh, uh, Friday, yes, by the way. Sorry. Yes, and I, I don't expect them to be super active at all. But you know, they're not afraid to tinker with the bottom of the roster if they have to. I uh, I was thinking about this, and the Steelers, you know, are on my mind. I've been talking to some of those guys this week. Do you guys think that there's a chance? And this is, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what the Steelers' depth problems or issues or needs are, but Jordan Zumwalt has been pretty much banged up this entire preseason. He's a, one of the guys that a lot of people liked around here. Is do you guys think it's possible that something like that could be out here with the rise of their linebacking core? They're pretty much stacked over there. He's probably going to be cut anyway, and destined for the the practice squad. Steelers have done some moves like the Felix Jones move from uh, a couple of was that last year a couple of years ago uh, last year yeah. they traded for uh, Adrian Robbins yeah yeah that didn't that didn't exactly pan Tem- out Temple made baby Temple made um, <laughs> but I, that that kind of crossed my mind does anybody think that that could be a possibility I, I mean theoretically I, I get the fit thing but. I mean, Zuma was what a six-round pick. Uh, you know, hasn't really stepped up that much in the preseason for the Steelers. My guess is that Chip is going to go with the guys he knows. Obviously, a, a Pac-10 guy, so you kind of have the feeling that he knows them a little bit. But I, I, I don't know if it's a fit. If, look, if Zuma gets cut, you never know. Uh, but I don't see them making a move prior to that, like kind of like the Fluell and Cody Parker thing or anything. Well, and speaking of Steelers stuff, let's get down to the nitty-gritty here, guys. Uh, BLG, what is what is uh, one thing you are looking for tonight against uh, the Steelers? What's the most important for you? Uh, you know, everyone's been talking about the defense because, you know, they struggled against the Patriots. Uh, I thought they actually looked okay for a number of moments there, you know, and then they just had a, a big penalty on third down, which wasn't, un, un you know, uncommon for them last year. But... 
you have the refs calling the game so tight now, especially in preseason, to, to put that emphasis on the new, like the new, you know, you can't touch a guy at all, basically, rule, you know, when it comes to pass interference and defensive holding and all of that. So, you know, I, I think you cut some of those away, and then you're getting off the field on third down. You know, you're not making those mistakes. You're not handing them over free first downs and, and free yards. So, you know, I want to see that. I want to see them cut down on the penalties a little bit. Uh, and, you know, I think you do that and the defense gets off the field and it looks a little better and everyone's not freaking out as much. Uh, more than anything, I want to see execution from the offense. I mean, this is the game where the, uh, the starters are going to play the most in the preseason. And you've really been sort of uh, playing musical chairs with your offense. I mean, this, this might be the first uh, game we have uh, Coop and Macklin together. Um, and, you know, I want to see my boy Zach Ertz, yes. whom I wrote about uh earlier this week you know you wanted to see these guys uh uh show some sort of uh of cohesion and and you know they're not going to play the week after so we're going to basically have two weeks where if they play poorly uh everyone's going to freak out and, and none of us want that so yeah i think someone said it last week and i think it's kind of something that everyone's been looking at the whole preseason but i especially want to see alan barbary this week uh, i think the steelers are one of the few teams you're going to see in the preseason who are actually going to throw in some blitz schemes and throw in some pressure i mean LeBeau has to do it. Preseason, regular season, it's coming. Um, and the way Ryan Shazier looked after that first preseason game just is a, a total monster. Uh, I want to see how Barbary stands up in that, especially in pass protection. I think we all know he can run block. Uh, I want to see him protect foals. I want to see how that works, especially with guys like Shazier coming off the edge there. I think that's going to be really, really interesting to see. And I do also, uh, I would second what Brandon said, just I want to see the first team D just get off the field in a couple big third downs. Uh, again, as I said last week with regards to the first team offense, just to kind of shut up to talk about it. And we always want to get the, the different sides of the coin here. So uh, also joining us uh, tonight is Mr. Ed Bouchette from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Ed, how are you today? Good, John. Thanks. Uh, yeah, well, I, I know you're uh, traveling uh, along in the rain here, and uh, you're coming out for the game. And Eagles fans are just kind of curious, but we'll start uh, with uh, you know some uh, Steelers news first. Of course, the biggest being that Brett Kiesel gets re-signed here uh, last night. Was that more like uh, an uncertainty at the depth of uh, you know the defensive end position, or was this kind of the plan all along and just kind of took uh, this this time to get the deal done? Well, they were interested in re-signing him, John, and then he said uh, his agent said he didn't want to play for a million, which was his minimum. So he backed off, and uh, you know, uh, hey, they like so many young guys, but I don't know that they're convinced that uh, uh, that, that that they're ready to win with them. So uh, he had some veteran, you know, play and leadership. He's He's going to be 36 years old, so he's not. I don't think he's going to be an every down player. But um, you know, all they'll lose is an undrafted rookie uh, because of this. So uh, I, you know, he just adds a little more experience and some leadership as well. Uh, along with that, you know, the, the Steelers' offensive line just had a ton of bad luck last year. Uh, it also seems that they had a little trouble just finding some good running back depth behind Le'Veon Bell, who had a fantastic year. Uh, now that they've extended, Mar uh, you know, Marcus Gilbert for five more years after having like a great season and pretty much being the only healthy guy from last year, uh, they also bring in Blunt. They, you know, draft Dre Archer. Is anyone in Pittsburgh feeling better about the offensive line and running back situation, or is there still a lot of question marks there? 
they actually feel great about it this time, John. Um, they love their five uh, starters in the offensive line, and as you mentioned, they've had bad luck with injuries. It wasn't just last year. It's been the past several years. Um, and, uh, I, you know, uh, nobody has great line depth, so we won't go into the line depth, but uh, they're five starters. They really like. They've invested a lot of high picks into that line, and they've, they've really come around. Um, and Le'Veon Bell just suits them perfectly especially if they're going to run the no-huddle offense a little more because he can catch, he can run, he can block. Uh, and as you mentioned, they added LeGarrette Blunt, and they have this little Dree Archer rookie that uh, he's going to be kind of the X factor. They're going to use him all over the place, try and spot him anyway all over the place, a wide receiver, running back, wherever they can break him free because he has 4.2 speed. Which is ridiculous. So that's a, he was one of my favorite guys coming out of the draft there. So I'm uh, yeah, I'm very curious to see how the Steelers use him this year. Um, and speaking of that, you know, uh, when you're running through camp notes and things, and what I'm reading stuff from uh, everybody that works with you over there and all your, uh, you know, uh, fellow reporters, uh, Ryan Shazier has been another one of those guys that's been sticking out the most. Who who is kind of impressing you? And who isn't right now in camp? Well, Stephon Tuitt. Uh, their second-round pick from Notre Dame defensive end is probably the most uh, next most visible and promising of the bunch. Um, they're going. They're using him right now when they go to their pass defense uh, as an inside guy, and he'll push to, to start at left end as well. Um, and then they drafted Martavis Bryant, tall receiver, six four. Ben Roethlisberger's always, you know, asked them to to get him a tall receiver. They did that. He's been up and down in training camp, still trying to learn the offense. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that he is going to, uh, to 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 be an important part of this offense this year. But um, you know, they certainly uh, want him to do that uh, eventually. But like I said, he's a fourth round pick. We'll see how he works out. Uh, and then that really, um, they have this big Daniel Morris kid. Uh, late round pick, sixth round, I believe. Um, he's six seven, three fifty five ish, and uh, <laughs> he just clogs up the middle. He can't be moved out of there. I mean, his teammates have talked about how they they just can't move him out of in practice. But he doesn't have a lot of movement himself, so uh, it's going to be kind of intriguing to see uh, first if he makes the team, and second how they use him. Yeah, another guy that was a little curious, and obviously he's got the injury bug, is uh, Jordan Zumalt. He was one of the kind of favorites here in Philadelphia to hopefully snag as a, a last-round guy, but doesn't look like he's gotten on the field much. Are they planning to kind of maybe put him practice squad-wise? Is there uh, a possible cut coming? Do you know what's happening with his situation? Yeah, he's not going to play in this game uh, again, so I, I, he's looking more like a practice squad guy. And as you mentioned, he, he is um, – He's a guy you look at, uh, even though he's a late-round pick, you think, well, maybe he's got a shot because he's always around the ball. He had a good college career. He, um, you know, he can play inside linebacker or outside linebacker. But right now, I'd say he's he's looking more like a practice squad guy. Uh, you know, I also hear a lot of people say that the Eagles' offense is always a good test for you know the opponent's defense. Uh, do you agree with that? And do you see that there are any big mismatches when you're looking at this Eagles squad versus the Steelers defense? Yeah, I, I haven't even looked at the matches because it's a preseason game. But, um, you know, the Steelers 
certainly they're going to run the no medal, and this will be the first time they really have a chance. The Giants used it a little bit, but uh, to go up against this kind of uh, offense, and um, you know, it, it, I think these teams enjoy going up against the different kinds of defenses and offenses. I know Steelers practiced against the Bills. Uh, and then played before they played the Bills last week, and it gave them a chance to go up against a 4-3 defense for the first time. So, um, you know, going up against this kind of offense will, you know, it's going to test their their ability to pass rush in a in a in a no huddle, you know, high octane, if you will, offense. And it's going to test, I think, their cornerbacks a lot. And finally, Ed, who are the players that you're looking out for uh, tomorrow night? Who are some of the guys that you definitely want to watch? Well, one guy um, is Landry Jones. They drafted him in the fourth round last year, quarterback from Oklahoma, and he really has done very little and, uh, you know, was terrible in the uh, second preseason game against Buffalo. I don't know how much time he's going to get against the Eagles because, you know, this is typically the game uh, in which the offense is played the entire first half. Uh, but he would be one. Um, and just the young guys, uh, McCullers, I mentioned, uh, Chazier, he had a great, uh, it was his first game. He didn't play, uh, in the opener because of an injury. Uh, I want to see more of him to it. I want to see more of him. Dre Archer, you know, Dre's one of those guys. He's broken now, uh, two 40 yard plays, um, in the passing game. And, uh, you know, I want to see if he can continue to do that. Excellent. Well, we'll keep an eye on that as well. But uh, Ed Bouchette from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, thank you so much for joining us right here on BGN Radio, my friend. All right, John. Thanks. Great stuff. Ed, I mean, Ed is a complete uh, legend in Pittsburgh. He works with uh, KDKA as well. I know he does his Sunday shows there on the radio. I really appreciate uh, the time that he gave us today. Uh, and with that, it, uh, we're going to just keep it nice and nice, fresh and light as we are all giddy to get to the televisions as we speak to watch this game. James, uh, final thoughts as we're going out here. Uh, final thought is, is you know, thank God that we are about to get through the third preseason game. That means really just a game of, of second and third teamers fighting for roster spots left, which obviously football nuts like us care about. But it's just the feeling that we're, we're finally getting into something that's real and we can finally see this team take the field in a meaningful game it is really exciting, John. So just getting through game three now, Knowing that this, once we get through game three, the starters almost definitely won't see the field. At least most of them won't see the field again. And we can know that they've most likely made it through the preseason unharmed. Just, it's go time, man. Let's go. Enjoy this because next week is week four of the preseason. And week four of the preseason is the worst. <laughs> My final thought here as we're wrapping this up is that, uh, you know, Zach Ertz, man, he's looking great. He's, he's going to be a, a mismatch nightmare out there this season uh you know patrick wall here did a great job you know profiling him and you know, about his potential and everything and you know he's he's just gonna be so good man that's that's my final thought zach Ertz, man he's gonna be good <laughs> um my final thought is hot take hot take hey now <laughs> uh, my final thought going into this is if you're gonna spend your time complaining about will murphy and Oregon bias, <laughs> just stop talking and just who cares? It's the off season and we want to get rid of the off season. We'll forget about it in about three weeks and we'll be on to the season. So anyway, for uh, BLG, 
for uh, Mr. James Elzer, for Patrick Wall. My name is John Barchard. Thank you so much for listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Thank you.